guys! Welcome to this week's episode of Lore, Legends, and Laundry. If you are new here, hi, my name is Liz. As you may or may not know, each week we discuss a lore or legend that I've learned during my travels, and we get to the bottom of all that laundry that you have locked away like a dark secret. I'm going to apologize in advance if you can hear the wind whipping about in the background. Hurricane Ian decided it was going to join us today. So grab those baskets, get comfy, and let's get to the bottom of this week's laundry. I mean, legend. This is the legend of the haunted Crescent Hotel. I grew up about two hours from Eureka Springs, but that didn't mean that the lore and legends of this grand estate didn't trickle down into other parts of the state. I had heard that the springs had healing or medicinal properties, that it had changed hands a few times, like being an all-girls school, a medical retreat, and then a hotel. I've heard tales of accidents like men and women falling from upper levels, a crazed doctor that thought his work was healing people, and that this is the most haunted location in all of Arkansas. But how did it get this ghastly reputation? Let's dive a little deeper, shall we? The hotel is designed by Isaac L. Taylor, a well-known Missouri architect who had constructed several prominent landmarks in St. Louis and was built by the Eureka Springs Improvement Company as well as the Fritzko Railroad. The spectacular 78-room estate overlooking the valley below sits on 27 acres at the north end of West Mountain. It was a pivotal period in Eureka Springs history as the healing waters of the Ozarks had gained national acclaim. People from all over were flocking to the area in the hopes of treating their ailments and alleviating their aches and pains. The Crescent Hotel and spa developers intended to capitalize on these numerous visitors by constructing the most opulent resort in the country. Powell Clayton, the previous governor of Arkansas from 1868 to 1870, established the Eureka Springs Improvement Company to capitalize on the boom in tourism. The Frisco Railroad, along with several other investors, jumped on board, understanding that the resort would only help their business. In 1884, several stonemasons were brought in from Ireland to construct the building. Because of the density of the magnesium limestone used to create the hotel, special wagons were built to transport the large stones from the quarry site on the White River. Masons created 18-inch walls, three towers, overhanging balconies, and a gigantic stone fireplace in the foyer, all designed in an eclectic palette of architectural styles. As the building progressed over the next few years, more employees were brought in to install electrical lights, modern plumbing, steam heating, and an elevator, vast landscaping, and opulent decor and amenities. In the end, the hotel cost $294,000 to build, which was unusually expensive for the period. The Majestic Crescent Hotel opened to great acclaim on May 20th of 1886. The Eureka Springs Times Echo dubbed it America's Most Luxurious Resort Hotel, and celebrities from throughout the country attended its grand opening, which included a gala ball with a full orchestra and a banquet meal for 400 guests. The luxury of the hotel was unrivaled at the time, with large hairy rooms with exquisite furnishings, a dining room that once seated more than 500 people, and outside amenities that included a swimming pool, tennis courts, and croquet, all set among a beautiful landscape of flower gardens, winding boardwalks, and gazebos. The wealthy and elite of the country began to flock to the luxurious resort hotel almost immediately, as live-read footmen greeted them at the Frisco Depot before transporting them to the end. Once there, guests could enjoy not only the spa's healing waters, but also a stable of 100 sleek-coated horses, afternoon tea dances, and elaborate evening parties 
with a full in-house orchestra. However, the prosperity was not to endure. People began to realize after the turn of the century that the acclaimed healing waters didn't have the curative powers that the hotel and city were known for. Fewer and fewer people were trickling into the prestigious resort. From 1908 through 1924, the building housed the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women, although it also served as a summer retreat. However, after 16 years of operation, the revenues from tuition and summer guests were insufficient in covering the cost of running the large building, and the women's college closed. After sitting derelict for next six years, it reopened for a short period of time as a junior college from 1930 to 1934. Norman Baker arrived on the scene in 1937 and purchased the aging hotel in order to open a cancer hospital and health resort. Baker Hospital advised miracle cures that did not require surgery or painful extensive tests, claiming that its patients would walk away cancer-free. Sadly, many of the desperate patients that were seeking treatment at the hospital were unaware that Norman Baker's miracle was nothing short of a scam that he had been peddling on unsuspecting patients for years. Having absolutely no medical training, Mr. Baker had previously been convicted in the state of Iowa in 1936 for practicing medicine without a license. To make matters worse, the American Medical Association condemned the widespread use of elixirs for a variety of ailments, including cancer. During his operation in the hospital, Baker was under investigation by federal authorities, and in 1939, he would finally be arrested. But not for what you think. He was arrested on charges of mail fraud, as one U.S. Postal Inspector had estimated that Baker had made at least 500000 per year selling his quote-unquote miracle elixirs via the U.S. Postal System while residing in Eureka Springs. Baker was sentenced to four years in prison in Leavenworth. Baker had scammed cancer patients out of nearly $4 million throughout the years, according to the inquiry. While no one died as a result of Baker's cure, the examination revealed that his therapies most certainly hastened the death of cancer patients who did not receive proper treatment. Baker was freed from Leavenworth in 1944 and relocated to Florida, where he lived comfortably until his death in 1958. During the war-torn years of 1940 to 1946, the exquisite structure sat abandoned once more. However, in 1946, Four Chicago businessmen purchased the hotel and began restoring it to its previous beauty. Though never reaching the heights of its heyday in the late 1800s, the hotel began to thrive once more. Unfortunately, catastrophe struck in 1967, when a fire ripped through the fourth level of the South Wing, destroying much of it. The hotel moved through numerous owners over the next two years, while repairs and restorations were done, but it was never entirely restored to its original magnificence. All of that changed in 1997, when Marty and Elise Roenick bought the Ancient Inn. In five years, we pledged to have this grand lady of the Ozarks back to where she was 100 years ago, the couple said in May of 1997. But having heard these assurances too many times before, Ozark locals were wary. The Roenicks began rebuilding the spas in 1997. The first year saw the opening of a 6,500-square-foot New Moon Spa with beachy showers, a hydrotherapy tub, sauna, massage, and treatment tables, tanning beds, and fitness equipment. The following big undertaking was to rebuild the hotel's skyline, which had been devastated in the 1967 fire. The 3,500-square-foot penthouse, original central observation tower, and 200-pound, 24-foot-tall crescent moon weather vane were all restored for well over a million dollars. Meanwhile, renovations of the guest rooms, lounges, electrical and plumbing systems, and landscaping were underway. 
Roenick's audacious announcement became a reality on September 6, 2002. The Great Hotel had been fully restored to its old stately splendor after a $5 million makeover. The Crescent Hotel is now one of the most popular hotels in the South. It is also considered as one of the most haunted spots in the Ozarks due to its lengthy and vast history. Several spirits are reported to haunt the historic hotel, according to both staff and tourists. The most frequently seen apparition is a red-haired Irish stonemason known as Michael by the staff. Michael was allegedly one of the first masons who worked on the hotel's construction in 1885. He lost his balance while working on the roof, fell to the second floor, and died from his injuries. This area presently houses the hotel's room 218, which is reputed to be the most haunted guest room. Michael is a mischievous spirit who enjoys playing with the lights, doors, TVs, and can frequently be heard hammering hard on the walls. Others have reported seeing hands emerge from the bathroom mirror and hearing what sounded like a guy falling through the roof. Other visitors have been shaken awake, and on one occasion, one guest witnessed blood splatters on the walls of her room, causing her to scream and run from her room. The lingering ghost of a nurse dressed completely in white dragging a trolley on the third level dates back to the days when the ancient hotel served as Baker's Cancer Hospital. The apparition is only seen after 11 p.m. when they used to transfer the deceased out of the cancer hospital, and she disappears when she reaches the end of the hallway. Others who have witnessed her presence describe hearing gurney-like squeaks and rattles down the hallway. This section was used as the morgue in the 1930s and still houses Dr. Baker's ancient autopsy table and walk-in freezer. The laundry room is situated on the third floor, where a hotel maintenance worker once saw all the washers and dryers switching on by themselves in the middle of the night. Now, I don't think I would mind that one bit. If a ghost is wanting to come and do all this laundry, sir, by all means, have at it. And I bet you thought we couldn't get through a whole episode without stopping to talk about laundry. Just like these spirits at this here hotel, it is destined to haunt us forever. The apparition of the greedy Dr. Baker has also been observed in the basement's old recreation room and at the foot of the first floor stairwell. The apparition looked identical to vintage images of the iconic quack, dressed in a purple shirt and white linen suit and seeming somewhat puzzled. For a period of time, the vintage switchboard was still in use at the hotel, but when it kept receiving phone calls from the otherwise empty basement, it was retired. It was in the basement where Dr. Baker's unfortunate victims were frequently persuaded of his miraculous cures and paid over their life savings for the quote-unquote treatment. Another relic of the previous hospital's days is a spectral figure known as Theodora, who is most often seen by housekeepers in room 419 and politely introduces herself as a cancer patient before abruptly disappearing. A gentleman in traditional Victorian attire, complete with a top hat, has frequently been noticed at the bottom of the stairwell and sitting at the bar in the lobby. Many have claimed to have enticed him into a conversation after describing him as distinguished looking with a mustache and beard. He sits silently and never speaks before abruptly disappearing. Another location where paranormal activity is claimed to occur frequently is the hotel's crystal dining room. Other Victorian-dressed apparitions have frequently appeared here. Many others have reported seeing groups of 1890s dancers whirling around the room in the early hours of the morning. According to some reports, a 19th century gentleman has been seen sitting at a table near the windows. I saw the most beautiful woman here last night, and I am waiting for her to return, he adds when approached. A former waitress claimed to have seen a Victorian bride and groom in the dining room large mirror. Before the couple faded away, the groom apparently made eye contact with her. Victorian spirits are reported to be extremely playful in the dining room. During the Christmas season, the Christmas tree 
and all of its packages were suddenly transported to the opposite side of the room. Furthermore, all of the chairs have been rearranged to surround or face the transporter tree. On another occasion, workers arrived in the morning to find the dining room in immaculate order with the exception of all the menus scattered about the room. In the kitchen, a young boy has been seen skipping around, and pots and pans have been known to fly off the hooks of their own volition. Another frequently claimed spirit is that of a young female who attended the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women. According to the story, the young girl was either pushed or jumped from a balcony to her death. Guests have reported hearing her screams as if she is still falling today. Other sightings have included a ghostly waiter carrying a tray of butter in the halls, as well as apparitions in rooms 202 and 424. You will certainly not be disappointed if you decide to visit the famous Crescent Hotel to see one of its many spirits or to experience its rich history and magnificent rooms. Today, the fully restored hotel creates a timeless ambiance while giving all of the conveniences that the modern guests require. So tell me, are you brave enough to stay a night in the Crescent Hotel or will you be the next guest seen running and screaming from their horrific bedchambers? Well, friends, it's that time again. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening in. Just a few quick updates. We do have a Facebook and an Instagram page so that you can get pictures and updates on new episodes as well as fun interactions throughout the week so feel free to join us over there. Every Tuesday, we are posting exclusive episodes to Patreon. If you haven't checked it out already, we would greatly appreciate it if you did. The Quick Wash series is a little different, full of laughs and jokes, but with the same dose of lore and legends mixed in. Until next time, bye guys. And don't forget to switch the laundry. Thank you.